This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm an emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about xylitol poisoning in dogs. And for you cat owners out there, we're going to talk about when we should bring our cats to the emergency room. Cats are so stoic, so it's really hard to look for signs. So we're going to talk about that. We'll be right back after these messages. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back. The first thing I wanted to talk about today is xylitol poisoning. Now, for those of you guys who have never heard of xylitol before, it basically is a sugar-free substance that has no calories. So you see it in a lot of sugar-free products nowadays because people are trying to lose weight or they're diabetic and they're trying to decrease their glycemic index. So a lot of really popular types of gums, mints, and candies have xylitol in it. They usually will label it as a sugar-free product. So Orbit, Trident, Icebreakers, all these different types of really popular gums are all dangerous to dogs when they ingest it. And the main reason why is because when dogs ingest several pieces or even a pack or two of gum, it basically results in an insulin spike in their body and it makes their blood sugar plummet. And so it makes dogs really hypoglycemic which means that they have a really low blood sugar. So what signs are we going to see from xylitol poisoning? Well, we're going to see signs from a low blood sugar. Your dog may stagger or act really weak or lethargic. They may actually vomit or collapse down. So if you see that, you want to rush your dog to a vet right away. Now, depending on what brand of gum or mints that you purchase, certain types have a large amount of xylitol and certain amounts have a tiny amount of xylitol. And my little rule is check the ingredients on the pack of gum or the container. My general rule is if xylitol is listed in the first five ingredients, it's going to be a poisoning issue. And with any kind of food product, the ingredients are listed in appearance of how prevalent they are. So if xylitol is the 20th ingredient in a pack of gum, honestly, it's probably not going to be a big deal. But if it's the second ingredient, it's going to be a major poisoning. So I always warn people, 
the gum that I worry about the most is actually icebreakers. It's got a huge amount of xylitol, one gram per piece of gum. So if you're going to avoid gum in your dog-loving household, make sure to keep those icebreakers away. Thankfully, Orbit and Trident have lower amounts, but when in doubt, if you're not sure of the exact amount or if your dog was poisoned, you definitely want to call the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center at 888-426-4435 to find out. Now, I also wanted to warn you, xylitol is in so many products besides gum and mint. You may have seen on social media that people were really worried about peanut butter containing xylitol. And that is true. There are some really uncommon brands of peanut butter that do have xylitol in there. So they are a sugar-free type of peanut butter. But honestly, this isn't in Jiffy. It's not in your most popular types of peanut butter. So if you're buying an off-brand, just make sure it doesn't have xylitol. The biggest source of xylitol besides gums and mints is actually toothpaste. And so a lot of dentists will advocate for using xylitol because it doesn't cause cavities in humans. However, if you have Spry or a certain type of brand that has a huge amount of xylitol and toothpaste, if your dog chews into that tube of toothpaste, it can result in a severe poisoning. Now, typically, I have to do some calculations to find out if your dog is poisoned by xylitol. And we honestly don't worry until it approaches 0.1 grams per kilogram. Once we see it ingested at doses above that, it results in a low blood sugar. Unfortunately, if it's a massive ingestion and it's greater than 0.5 grams per keg of xylitol, that can actually cause what we call acute hepatic necrosis or liver failure. And it's never worth risking your dog going to liver failure or having a low blood sugar. So when in doubt, you want to buy gum that does not contain xylitol or you want to make sure to keep it out of reach. When it comes to treating xylitol poisoning, thankfully, most owners are pretty aware of the danger of xylitol as an ingredient. So if you know your dog just got into a pack of gum, you always want to contact your vet, your emergency vet, or the ASPCA before you induce vomiting in your dog. Sometimes your dog doesn't actually need to have vomiting induced because they may not have ingested a poisonous amount. Or sometimes your dog may have a low blood sugar and it's more dangerous for you to induce vomiting at home. I'd rather you get straight to the emergency clinic so I can check a blood sugar first before we even think about inducing vomiting. The good thing is xylitol poisoning is totally treatable. You want to get to your emergency vet right away because what we'll do is we'll check a blood sugar. We'll induce vomiting if it's a poisonous amount. And then we typically will hospitalize your dog for about 12 to 24 hours, depending on how toxic the dose was. Most of the time we use IV fluids with sugar or dextrose supplemented. We'll monitor your dog's blood sugar and also their liver function tests to make sure they don't have any liver damage from it. And thankfully, the majority of dogs do really well and go home 12 to 24 hours later. Of course, that could cost $1,000 in the ER. So when in doubt, keep all that sugar-free gum out of reach just to be on the safe side. And like we mentioned in our first episode, one of the easiest ways to pet-proof your house is to just hang up your purse or hang up your backpack so there's no chance that curious nose of your dog is going to get into the purse or your backpack and get into xylitol gum to begin with. We're going to take a short commercial break, and afterwards, we'll come back and talk about when we're going to bring our cat to the emergency room.
Don't do what I did and run out. It's working. Don't quit. Why would you stop? Why undo all the good that's been accomplished? You've got to feed them right for life. Dynavite is nutrition. If I ever took Roy off of Dynavite... No, 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 no. When I get to about three quarters... When I get down to the bottom of my box of Dynavite... Oh, no. I've got a couple more scoops. It's time to place my order. Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. 859-428-1000. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite for your dog this week. We'll send you four extra packs of Nubbanubs free. Nubbanub treats are freeze-dried beefy treats. Made with no cereal fillers, chemical preservatives, or dyes. Good for the tummy. And yummy. Nubbanub treats. Free this week at Dynavite.com. Just feed your dog right. Use Dynavite. Dynavite for life. 859 428 D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Now, what we're going to talk about for all you cat lovers out there is when we're going to take them to the emergency vet. Now, we all love cats, but we love them less at 2 a.m. when they're dry heaving all over our carpet. Now, if your cat vomits once or twice during the night, I'm okay with that. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to go immediately into the emergency room. But there are some circumstances where you do need to rush your cat into the vet. The frustrating thing is cats are so stoic. I always tell people, just to alleviate their guilt, that cats hide their signs until it's end stage. If you think about big cats in the wild, like lions, they don't show their illness because they don't want another cat or another lion taking over the pride. So unfortunately, by the time a cat is showing really severe signs, their disease is pretty bad. My first simple rule is if your cat is hiding, you wanna get to a vet immediately. Seriously, hiding is really bad. If they're hiding in an unusual spot like the closet, if they're sleeping in the basement in a spot they normally never sleep in, that usually means that something's going on. Now, sadly, I'll share a story with you that just happened last week with my own 13-year-old cat named Lily. She went into the litter box and vomited in the litter box. I just happened to be in the basement. And I heard that. And she's never done that in her life before. So I knew instantly that was a little bit weird. She immediately moved out of the litter box and started breathing harder, and she went to lay down underneath the bathroom sink, which she's never done in her life. Instantly, I knew something serious was wrong. And I know it sounds weird. She only vomited once. Unfortunately, she ended up having severe internal bleeding, secondary to cancer, and I ended up having to rush her to the emergency room right away. Unfortunately, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and ended up being euthanized later on that day. The frustrating thing for me as a vet is Even as a veterinarian, I didn't know that she had cancer until she collapsed. So I never want cat owners to feel guilty. Again, cats hide their signs until it's so severe. So hiding, again, is a big sign that you want to get to that vet right away. You also want to make sure that if your cat's having difficulty breathing, like they're open mouth breathing or panting, you want to get to a vet right away. Cats are too dignified to pant. So when you notice them panting in a non-stressful situation, in other words, they didn't just go for a car ride, you want to get to a vet. My general tip 
is if you can count your cat's respiratory rate, you can count the number of breaths it takes over 15 seconds, multiply that by four, and that's gonna give our total breaths per minute. In dogs or cats, if they're breathing more than 50 to 60 breaths per minute, they need to get to the veterinary ER in the middle of the night right away. So it doesn't matter what time it is, get to a vet right away. If your cat's not moving and they're just lying around in the same spot, again, that usually warrants an emergency visit. If they're straining or making multiple trips to the litter box, this is a potentially life-threatening problem. And I'll talk about feline lower urinary tract disease or being blocked in a future episode, but this is a serious emergency. If you notice that your cat is excessively grooming back there, and I know this sounds weird, but if you notice that their male parts are sticking out, this is a dangerous emergency. So if they're grooming a lot, if it looks weird back there, Again, get to an emergency vet right away because they may be blocked and not be able to urinate. If there's no urine in the litter box for more than 36 hours, that's really unusual and is also a sign of a urinary blockage, which, by the way, is one of the reasons why you're supposed to scoop your cat's litter box every day. So you make sure that there's not a blockage. If your cat seems really painful. Now, unfortunately, cats rarely can get a clot or a stroke called saddle thrombus where all of a sudden they're paralyzed. And this usually is from underlying heart disease. They're really, really painful. And so any kind of uncontrolled pain definitely means you need to get to the vet immediately. If there's profuse vomiting, and we know, again, cats oftentimes will vomit once in a while, but if it's more than two to four times in the middle of the night or your cat seems uncomfortable, get to the vet. If they're excessively drooling, again, cats are too dignified to drool. So if you notice that, something's going on in their mouth and that may warrant an emergency room visit. If they're sitting over the water bowl and not moving, sometimes that's actually the classic sign I see of a diabetic crisis called diabetes ketoacidosis. If you notice that your cat is drinking a lot and urinating a lot, that's not necessarily an emergency visit, but that means you need to get to your regular veterinarian for routine blood work to make sure your cat doesn't have diabetes, kidney failure, or even an overactive thyroid. However, if they're drinking a lot and just lying there by the water bowl, that may mean your cat needs to go to the emergency room right away. Any kind of seizuring or twitching is a really important reason to bring your cat into the emergency room, any kind of trauma or poisoning. And my last one is any string hanging out of any orifice. Now, I know that sounds weird. Cats love to play with tinsel and yarn and string, and this is a huge no-no. We never want cats playing with these things unless they're attached to a toy and can't swallow them. Why? because this can result in a life-threatening emergency called a linear foreign body. And I had a situation just two weeks ago in the veterinary ER where a cat had started eating fishing line. Unfortunately, someone in the family tried to pull the string out of their cat's mouth and it ended up causing a major emergency. When you see string hanging out of the mouth or hanging out of the butt, please don't pull because we need to do x-rays first to make sure it's not stuck. And unfortunately, these linear foreign bodies oftentimes require surgery. Now, these are just a few of the signs that you need to bring your cat to the ER. It's not completely inclusive. When in doubt, always call your veterinarian or your emergency veterinarian to be on the safe side. A lot of times they can counsel you on whether or not you do need to bring your cat into the ER. Now, most of the time, they're often going to counsel you to come in because it's really difficult to triage your cat over the phone. We just want to make sure your cat is stable. 
And there are some situations where I oftentimes will offer whether or not that cat wants to be triaged away or not. For example, if an owner's not sure if their cat has a urinary blockage, they oftentimes will come into the ER, I'll triage them and do a rapid exam and say, yep, I don't think your cat is blocked. If you want to wait to go to your vet tomorrow, that's always an option. Not all emergency rooms will offer this, but when in doubt, you can always ask to be triaged. So that's my one little hint. When in doubt, it's always safer to heed the side of caution, right? We don't want to regret playing it too safe with our cats because again, they don't show their signs until it's really severe. All right, the next thing I wanted to talk about are actually fall poisons. Since summer's sadly at its end, there are a couple poisons out there that we see during autumn that do pose a danger to your dog or cat. And the first one I wanted to talk about are mouse and rat poison. If you own a dog or a cat, please don't use mouse or rat poison. It's actually more humane for you to use snap traps, which I know a lot of people don't like using, but it's actually way more humane. Mouse and rat poison is often called rodenticide. And unfortunately, as the weather gets colder, mice and rats start seeking shelter in warm locations. In other words, our basement or our house. And so if you're gonna use mouse or rat poison, you have to be aware that there are several different active ingredients out there and they all kill in different ways. The most important thing is to make sure if you are using mouse and rat poison, that you put it in an area where you're 100% positive that your dog or cat can't ingest it. The main reason why we wanna do that is because depending on what type of mouse and rat poison was ingested, it can actually result in signs of weakness, collapse, difficulty breathing, dehydration, profuse vomiting, even tremors or seizures. Some of the rat poisons can also cause kidney failure. So again, I am not an advocate of using these poisons at all. And the main reason why is not only is it dangerous to your cat or dog, but they also pose a threat to wildlife. A lot of raptors or birds of prey like red-tailed hawks and owls are accidentally poisoned by these when they eat the dead mice. So again, it's actually more humane to use a snap trap. But when it comes to fall poisons, that's my number one poison I worry about, mouse and rat poison. The second poison that we see a lot in the fall, chocolate. We'll talk about this more in a few weeks as Halloween approaches, but this is one of the top emergencies that we see the week of Halloween. And unfortunately, chocolate can be poisonous, but a lot of people oftentimes overhype it. We'll talk about that more in a few weeks. The next fall poison I worry about are compost piles. If you have a dog that likes to chew into things, if you have a compost pile in your backyard and it's not well secured, I want you to be really aware of this potential poisoning. You have to make sure your compost piles are really well secured and fenced off. I'm all for composting. It's a great way of helping reduce your amount of trash, but you want to make sure it's fenced off because if wildlife or your dog get into it, it can result in severe poisoning. And that's because compost or mulch piles contain a mold called a tremorgenic mycotoxin. Unfortunately, when a dog gets into it, they'll show signs right away of drooling, vomiting, severe agitation, incoordination, and they'll start having these muscle tremors all over their body. And it can actually progress to severe seizures. It can be bad enough where unfortunately it can actually rarely result in secondary complications from seizuring. So make sure that compost pile or that mulch pile is really well secured or don't let your dog out unsupervised if you're not sure if compost is out there. 
The next poison that I worry about that we see a lot more in the fall are mushrooms. Unfortunately, with mushrooms, there are hundreds of different types out there. And thankfully, the majority of them are benign. But there are a few types that can be deadly, even to humans when they're ingested. Now, I am a mushroom hunter. I hunt for morel mushrooms, but these are really easy to identify because they have a really brainy looking cap. The majority of people out there can't mushroom identify. It's really, really difficult. So you actually want to work with a mycologist. Veterinarians, even veterinary specialists or toxicologists have a hard time identifying mushrooms. So unfortunately, we always have to treat mushroom ingestion in dogs or cats sort of based on worst case scenario. One of the most dangerous types of mushrooms is something called the Amanita or the death cap mushroom. And this grows all over North America. This can cause severe vomiting and diarrhea. It can cause severe neurologic signs, but it unfortunately causes severe liver failure. Even humans can be poisoned and can die from this. So if you see any mushrooms growing in your yard, you wanna make sure to pull them out right away, or more importantly, teach your dog the leave it command. So if you're going for a walk, they're about to eat a mushroom, you teach them leave it, and hopefully they won't ingest it. If your dog does get into a mushroom, you do want to get to the vet right away or the emergency vet because we may need to induce vomiting. We may need to put them on a drug called charcoal, which binds the poison from the stomach. And we need to monitor their liver test really carefully to make sure they don't have any damage from it. The last poison I see more in the fall are mothballs. Just like when mice and rats come into the house to stay warm, same with moths. And mothballs may look really benign, but they're actually really dangerous. You always want to make sure to keep them away from children too. They contain chemicals like naphthalene. And unfortunately, these are classically those old-fashioned mothballs that smell really gross. They're really, really poisonous. What we see when a dog gets into a mothball, we can see severe gastrointestinal signs like vomiting or diarrhea. We can see neurologic signs like tremoring. And unfortunately, it can actually cause organ failure. So when it comes to fall cleaning or fall cleanup, make sure that you're protecting your dog and your cat from these five fall poisons. Again, mouse and rat poison, chocolate, compost, mushrooms, and mothballs. And when in doubt, if you think your dog or your cat did get into any of these dangerous fall poisons, Make sure to contact your veterinarian, your emergency veterinarian, or the ASPCA Animal Poison Control immediately for life-saving advice. Well, that's it on ER Vet on Pet Life Radio today. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and you can find me on Facebook at my website, drjustinelee.com. Or if you have any pet questions, email me at drjustine at petliferadio.com. We're out of time, and I wanted to thank Mark Winter, our producer at Pet Life Radio, for making the show possible today. And tune in next week where we talk more about how to save and protect your dog and cat. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.